The reading for today is 2 Corinthians 6, 1-13. As we work together with Him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For He says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on the day of your salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacles in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found in our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we have treated as impostors and yet we are true. As unknown, and yet we are well known. As dying, and see, yet we are all alive. As punished, and yet not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our afflictions, but only in yours. In return, I speak to you as children. Open wide your hearts also. So we continue in our exploration of 2 Corinthians uh, and Paul continues to try and make his case to the church in Corinth that he is legit. Uh, something, has, something has transpired between them. Some other people have come who have shared kind of uh, a different, different things with the Corinthian church that has uh, caused a rift between Paul and the church at Corinth, which he started there and has a particular vested interest however what we don't have there was a letter sent that we don't have that seemed to reconcile the community and paul but every once in a while you can still tell paul's feelings are a little bit hurt (laughs) as you read through it he's still a little sensitive about some of that and paul is continually making his case offering up his uh bona fides as it were that he is a legit uh uh, apostle of Christ and, ha- and his authority ought to be uh, given weight by the people of, of Corinth. And here he kind of gets a little whiny about all that he's endured. You know, he's kind of uh, patting himself on his back and kind of whining about, oh, look at all I've done. Look at all I've had to go through just to bring all this gospel to you and, and all that's gone on. And 
and, and all of that. Yet in the midst of this, um, in, in the midst of this little treatise here, Paul offers us a few gifts. Uh, Paul encourages us that uh, that we are that now is the time of our salvation. He quotes Isaiah. And he offers us that, that now is the time for our salvation. And he, he looks at it and he begs us, he begs us, do not take God's salvation in vain. Do not take the grace of God in vain. And you know, in the world we live in today, uh, it's, it's kind of easy to take God's grace in vain, to kind of... Take it, take it for granted and not really worry too much about it. We live in relatively uh, comfortable times to be uh, followers of Christ, to be a gathered body, to, to experience a right relationship with God. It's, it, it, seems, it seems somewhat accessible to us. That long list of things, if you have your Bible open, if you look at those long list of things that Paul had to endure in order to... Uh, in order to celebrate the grace of God, none of us really have to endure those things that Paul, most of them. We, uh, I haven't been imprisoned for uh, the things I've said about Jesus yet. There may come a day, but <laughs> so, so far I've managed to dodge that bullet. Well, Paul, not so much for Paul. Paul did get imprisoned for speaking out about the love of Christ, the love of God through Christ and, and the Holy Spirit. So, uh, you know, it's easy for us to kind of take grace for granted. Uh, that is until something, something does happen. Right? Many of us know the value of God's grace when things happen. For example, I'm sure Paula Walker is not taking God's grace in vain right now as she mourns the loss of her beloved husband of so many years that she cared for so much. She is relying on that grace and is so grateful right now for all of that. I'm the same way. Uh, particularly, you know, if times are tough, I, I really look to God's grace and I'm so grateful that it's there. I'm so grateful that it's there. But then... You know, after the crisis passes, I can go back to my relative comfort and easy grace uh, of God without much uh, heartache on my part. And I guess what I'm trying to acknowledge is that, is that there's kind of a, an expectation, maybe not from God, there's kind of a, a hope on God's part. Maybe not an expectation, but a hope on God's part. That when we receive grace, when we have felt that grace grace wash over us, when that Holy Spirit has spoken on our behalf, uh, when we have with groans that words can't express, when we have gotten down on our knees and begged for the Spirit of God to intercede on our behalf and that Spirit of God comes indeed, we feel that warmth within us. The hope 
I believe on God's part, is that we will take that and that will transform the way we look at the world and prompt us to live differently. To live incarnationally. That is to say, that live in a way that Jesus shows in our life. That that grace of God shows up in our everyday life. It shines out of who we are and touches the hurt and broken world around us. And I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but I do have to say, I think if all those who have experienced the blessing and the gifts of God's grace in the world responded into God's hope that it would be transformative and we would live that out into the world, I think we would live in a very different world. Amen? I think we would see a lot more transformation than we see. It's kind of like, it, I like red vines. Who likes red vines? I love red vines. And uh, whenever I, when I used to be in leadership in the region, Dr. Patton, Marsha, our beloved uh, Marsha Patton, would buy a giant bucket of red vines to bring to these meetings we'd have over the, over the course of a weekend. Right, And she would bring a giant bucket of red vines and present them to me. The, Curtis, these are for you. <laughs> this giant bucket, Costco bucket of red vines. And I would enjoy those red vines all weekend long. And I would usually share. <laughs> I would usually share with everybody else some of my red vines. And, in, and we'd all enjoy red vines. Well, what if I didn't share my red vines? (laughs) What if I just closed that bucket up and hid it under my bed and then went and took that bucket out and kind of in the back of my room, because I don't want to be rude and eat it in front of everybody, but, you know, eat my red vines. Or maybe I would take them to the meeting and go, sorry, I only have enough for me. And eat my red vines. And then maybe I would be so stingy, I would take those red vines home And you know what they would do? They would get stale. I hate stale red vines. Nobody likes stale red vines. So I'd throw them away. Half a bucket, half a Costco-sized bucket of red vines thrown away into the garbage. What a waste! Sometimes I think the grace of God is like that. Like red vines. Red vines are so good, you got to share them you got to share them. My wife can't have red vines, so i got to come up with a different thing to share with her. But <laughs> uh, you got to share those red vines. Or they go stale and waste away. What a waste of grace. What a waste of grace. This abundance of grace that God has shared with us. And I, uh, I'm sure as we're sitting here, you can think of all the ways you have experienced in your own life the grace of God touching your heart, touching your life. And Paul is begging us, do not waste that grace. Do not take God's grace in vain. And Paul goes on to say, at the appropriate time, God showed God's love for us and brought us salvation. And Paul is saying, now is the appropriate time. Now is the time 
for us to embrace a life that, that brings in God's grace and shares God gra- God's grace out there. Sometimes I think the worst, uh, the worst sin out there is apathy or is uh, procrastination. That ought to be one of the seven deadly sins. So, so often we tell ourselves, oh, you know what, I'll get involved in that tomorrow. I'll go help down at the mission tomorrow. I'll go, you know, I'll start a prayer practice or I'll start working on my discipleship tomorrow and, and worry about that later down the road. I'll, you know, I'll exercise tomorrow. That's mine. I'll exercise tomorrow. I don't want to do it today. Uh, you know, we put things off. We put things off. And when it comes to God, sometimes our apathy uh, keeps us from moving forward, from responding to God's grace. Jürgen Maltmann, an old German theologian, once said there are two kinds of sin, pride and apathy. And taking God's grace and not letting, not responding to it by, by living it out in the world and, and trying to share that grace out in this hurt and broken world is a sin of apathy. Kind of says, I don't care. The sign of our apathy. But today, Paul begs us, open our hearts. Open our hearts, he says, to all that God has in store and receive that grace so freely given, so abundantly given. But don't take it in vain. Let it transform. Let it transform you. Let it change who you are. And then let it change the world around you, through you, through us, together. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we, we all know what grace feels like. We've experienced it in one way or another. And yet, we, sometimes we just kind of isolate it within ourselves and we, we don't let it grow and, and emanate. Help us to be grace-filled, grace-overflowing people. For we know that now is the time for your salvation for this hurt and broken world. Be with us as we seek to be faithful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.